Good morning, and I'm going to um, pray, and we'll begin, and perhaps uh, people are wondering, where is Greg? Well, we are going to be praying about that this morning. Greg and Michael are still uh, detained, but also it is divinely being handled by the Lord, uh, but they are detained in Nigeria still, and... um, God is, uh, always uses things that the enemy would try to use for evil. He uses for good. We know that from the story of Joseph in Genesis. Um, there is a strategy to keep them there, and we are praying them home. Uh, if you know anything about what is happening in Nigeria, it's, it's public knowledge, but there are uprisings and uh, uh, protests. And some, like here, some of the protests have been hijacked by rioters, and so there's been areas and pockets where it's been quite violent, but they've been blocking the city <coughs> entrance where the airport is in Abuja, and they've also been blocking the very airport itself. And so it has been a battle to get to their visas, which is why they stayed for an additional period of time. Now it's been literally uh, a greater challenge to even physically get there. So we are praying that um, God will make a way. We sing about him being the way maker, and we need to believe by faith that he is. So we're confident that he is going to do that very thing and uh, get them home. But let's go ahead and pray this morning. Father, oh God, we thank you so much. I thank you for the beautiful worship songs that we just got to enjoy. And I pray that you were pleased with our worship this morning. God, we do give you worship. We do give you praise. I thank you, God, for the access that we have to you in this beautiful exchange called prayer. God, you are such a mighty wonder of a God, so holy, so high and to be lifted up, so great and worthy of worship. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for being such a wonderful, loving, amazing God. Thank you that we can come before you boldly with this access you've given us, that we may obtain mercy to find help in our time of need. I don't know that there's ever a time we don't have a need in some way or another. But God, these are times of great need. And I thank you, God, that the boldness that you give us to access you is because of the confidence we have in who you are. That we can know you intimately as you promise. When we accept you as Savior, you invite us into this beautiful relationship that allows us to hear your voice and learn of you, know your ways. Discover your will and then pray in agreement with your will. And in the name of Jesus, know that when we pray anything according to your will and in that name of Jesus, that you will do it. We know we are in a time that is considered perilous according to Timothy. But God, you are so mighty. And what you are about to do, what is about to be seen by man that has never been seen before. God, we are excited. You promised us in your word that we are more than conquerors. Conquerors over what? Over the battles in the spirit. 
that we have, because of the prince of the power of this air that is allowed to rule and reign. But you said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and then all of these things that you battle will be added unto you. So God, we seek your face this morning. We ask, God, that you do great and mighty things that we even know not, but are beginning to unfold. As we call upon you, we have that confidence. And I thank you and I praise you for who you are. Open our hearts. Let us hear from you and you alone. Every time you have me teach or speak or share or open my mouth, God, I have nothing to say in and of myself. Apart from you, I can do nothing. But Father, as you fill my mouth, I delight even to hear what you would like to say through this vessel this morning. So God, have your will, have your way. We love you and praise you for it. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, amen. So I'm going to talk for a few minutes about this concept of prayer. And the interesting thing about preparing your heart is that I may not say something that you've never heard before, but you may hear something you've never heard before, if your heart is prepared. Because the same words can land on your spirit differently based on the preparedness of the soil of your heart. There is something the Lord wants to tell you this morning. There is something the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate, reveal, whatever word you want to use. He wants you to receive it. He wants it to be life-changing, as the word of the Lord always is. It is always life-changing when we receive it. We're responsible for it. His words are always life. And prayer is what he laid on my heart to talk about. I found something interesting that I actually did a few minutes ago. Um, I always find it interesting to see what the world and what the culture and what this this thing called technology offers us um, when it comes to concepts and definitions. And so I googled, what is prayer? And I'm going to read to you what Wikipedia defines prayer as. Prayer is an invocation or act that seeks to activate a rapport with an object of worship through deliberate communication. In the narrow sense, The term refers to an act of supplication or intercession directed toward the deity, a god, or a deified ancestor. So, interesting. While parts of that are true, the acknowledgement of there being one and only true God does not exist in that definition. We know, though, that prayer is the access that God gives us directly to him in an amazing, amazing thing, let me say, that should really be an exchange. We know those the famous verses from Matthew 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The rest for our souls. It's come to me and then receive from me. Bring what you have, give it to me, lay it at my feet. 
put forth your life, your concerns, your burdens, but then take from that experience an exchange of what I give you. That's the way prayer is always supposed to work. Prayer changes things. We know the bumper stickers. We know the postcards. We know the little bookmarkers. The, I mean, you may have t-shirts with all these great things on it. How real is it to you? How is your prayer life? Have you ever been just <laughs> starving? Maybe you are right now. I am a little bit, I must say. Oftentimes, church becomes uh, a series of thoughts about what you're going to have for lunch. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes that's just what church is about. Church is about getting through what I need to do in my ministry responsibility, and then I'm just distracted the rest of the time with what I can put in my stomach and who I'm going to lunch with and what i got to do. That's a really sad definition of what has happened in the bride. It doesn't have to be the case. And that's not an indictment on hearts that that's not true of. But have you ever been hungry, maybe on a road trip, and you stop at a place and maybe you see these signs, you know, that just are, they have a picture of just the food that you're just like, that's it. 28 miles, I don't care how far i got to go, that's the food I want, I'm going to do it. And you get there, and then you pull into the place, and you maybe get the food, but then, for whatever reason, you just kind of leave it there, or you go into the restroom and, and leave it in a bag on the floor, and then you just drive off, and... You're still hungry, and you're just like, oh, man, I am starving. And people would go, whoever's riding with you or somebody hearing about the story would go, what is wrong with you? You went there hungry. You went in. You started to partake. You took steps toward what it would take to partake, to have the experience of the sustenance to be filled, and you drove away, and you're as hungry as you were when you left, or when you, got, when you arrived. You left as hungry as you started. That experience didn't do anything for you. What was the point? Why did you go? You were so determined. You were so expectant. And yet you left empty. Because you didn't partake of what was offered to you in that experience. Now, there are many different examples of that. People that go to the hairdresser and they leave the way they came. That happens actually probably a lot. But <laughs> have you ever just thought, I'm going to get a haircut? And you leave, and you heard some snips. You maybe felt something. Maybe felt a comb going through your hair, but you're like, what did you do? Because I don't see it. Anything. You expect change when you go with that kind of expectation. When we go before the Lord, and we communicate with Him, when you receive what he has to offer, you leave different. When you carry a heavy burden, as Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, when you bring that burden, you're heavy laden with it, when you give it to him, he in return gives you rest. Why? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And if you take on what he has in his realm by faith, then your burdens can be left there. The interesting thing in the Spirit is that your burdens can be left at the feet of Jesus while your human realm circumstances remain the same. How is that possible? That's a kingdom addition problem. That is a A plus B equals C that in this human realm would make sense and 
God says, no, no, it can be a Q plus R equals B. It doesn't matter. What I do, my ways are higher. And my word is what introduces you to my realm. And Jesus, as we talked even last week in the message, Jesus' entire ministry was about introducing a new way of thinking. If you think like me, if you, you have access to believing by faith in who I am, and I'm going to invite you into a conversational, intentional conversational relationship with me, that's going to blow your mind. Things aren't going to add up the way they do in the human realm. Because I am good. I am love. Everything I do is beyond your realm of understanding. You have access to all of it. All spiritual blessings. But the cost, the, the access point, is faith. That's what's going to access this realm of wonder. There's a lot of verses. A lot of verses on prayer. A lot of messages on prayer. A lot of little booklets and devotionals and studies. And they're all, now they're all great. I, there's so many that are wonderful. It's hard to even choose. There's so many great prayer messages. I'm only going to have... Um, highlight a couple of verses, and one in particular that is probably one of the most famous verses about prayer, and yet one that I so rarely ever see lived out. It is the saddest, it's really the saddest thing ever. We know the most famous verse, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. I just, even though it was in my upbringing in Bible school and Christian school and Awana programs and Eager Beavers and the whole, everything that I was in, every program you could be in in church, um, Bible memory, which is a precious gift that I had, um, I appreciate it so much. And I remember that this verse was one of the easy ones, especially if you were working to, to earn the donuts that they used to give out for Awana when you you turn the certain certain number of badges. I could care could care less about the badges. I couldn't eat them. I wanted the donuts, and the badges were just something that they stuck on this ugly gray vest. Anyway, if anybody knows anything about Awana, those were the days, right? But um, but it was a great heritage in learning the Word of God, and so I remember learning this verse. Wow, pray without ceasing. Three words. I got that down. Boy, just I mean, you could just. Speak it out, and I had it memorized, and yay, get another little placement. But I never understood that. How is that possible? I mean, maybe possible for Uber ministry called the high places of pastoral awesomeness, hierarchy. I don't know. I mean, even then, I didn't know too many pastors that actually prayed without ceasing from what I saw. But this idea of praying without ceasing, I didn't understand until so many decades later. And even now it escapes me in, in the reality of how amazing it is just because of the wonder of it. But when you enter into a relationship with Jesus that is conversational, that is intentional, there is just almost nothing that I don't talk to the Lord about. I mean, I speak to him about the most... Um, inconsequential and huge global problems. Um, I speak to him about the largest of physical struggles and the most insignificant, you know, why is it my cuticles are so dry? <laughs> you know, I mean, the Lord just, he just cares about everything. And when you discover 
that he cares enough to number the hairs on your head. When you, when you discover in Psalm 139 that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and you know that, the, that he loves you so intricately and so deep, and so um, he, he cares and, and is interested in the complexities of how he made you, that's a God you can have a lot of conversations with. That is what's praying without ceasing. That is exciting. And God is trying to wake up the bride right now to discover that what his plan and purpose was for believers has been lost in a large portion. Um, In this world, we have great, great distractions. And we are at war in this world. When Adam gave away his purity, his communication with God that we can't even quite grasp because there was no sin barrier. Can you imagine walking with the Lord in the cool of the day and having conversations with him unhindered by any realm, any prince of the power of the air, uh, of any darkness that did not exist at that point. And there was just freedom to just communicate with his maker. God having beautiful freedom to communicate with his creation in this glorious, amazing place, which is why he created mankind, to have that kind of fellowship. When sin entered into the world, things changed. But he always gave us access to communication by faith in believing in the coming Messiah for those before Christ and in the Messiah who came for those after. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's, that's uh, there's every little point of, of awesomeness in his word could be a 20-part series because that's how deep the word of God is. But I'm going to highlight a couple of verses. Um, the one that uh, the Lord has been had impressed upon me. Another short one is Luke 11, or excuse me, Luke 18:1, which just says that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You see a lot of references to the Word of God in the Word of God to prayer and the enduring aspect of it. Jesus Himself went into a private place to pray, and Scripture tells us He prayed all night. He prayed with intensity, with passion, and with endurance in time in this realm. We think that when we get on a prayer call for 45 minutes, that it has just really stretched our day, and it is really a sacrifice of our time, because we had to pause something on our DVR, or we had to set aside you know, food we were eating and a late dinner or we had to interrupt a movie that we started and none of those things are bad. But we often think that's some great sacrifice. And the Lord is wanting to teach his people that what's really important (coughs) is conversation with him. That it's not only the sacrifice of our lives, but it's the joy and the delight of our lives. He doesn't want any more compartmentalization of our Christian life as opposed to our real life. Our Christian life as opposed to our relationship and work and career life. 
It's no more compartmentalization. It's in him we live, we move, we have our being. And when we discover what that really means, the praying without ceasing becomes something that we do. One of the greatest barriers to prayer is our own sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Does that mean he cannot hear you and that he's not aware of all things? No. That means that there is a barrier put between us and him by our sin. That's why when you come to him, you must come to him in first repentance and humility and saying, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of anything known, unknown, that cleanse me from all unrighteousness, that I not put any barrier there. If you are walking in any known sin, if you are believing in a deceptive lie that you can partake in this, that you can be um, watching this, listening to this, doing this, not doing this, and you know it is not what pleases the Lord, but you're in a deceptive lie that he doesn't notice it, that will hinder your prayer. Because he needs you clean of that. He hears you and he's so ready to show you more. But sin gets in the way of that revelation. One of the things that uh, stood out to me was a surprising verse. And I want us to go to um, Philippians chapter 4. This verse, boy, we know this in so many, um, so many translations. Um, I love Philippians 4. I love Philippians. I love all the other books around Philippians. <laughs> I just love the Word of God. But um, the uh, the King James says, "Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God." And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, I know that um, in the New King James, and what I'm, where I'm going to have the screen go is, uh, if you can do that, is in um, the Amplified, Classic Amplified. And uh, you all can go to the Amplified Classic if you have that as well. If you don't, if you have a, a paper Bible this morning, which I love, love, love as well, um, then go to uh, what translation you have. That's fine. The New King James says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It's close to King James. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. But in the Amplified, it says, And do not fret. doesn't say and. Do. Do not fret. Or have any anxiety about anything. I want to kind of take this verse that in the Amplified Version is longer. And just kind of parse it for a moment. First of all, we know these verses. This, is a, this whole chapter is a, the, one of the most well-known chapters for anybody that's been a believer for any length of time. How many people do you know that actually live not fretting or having anxiety about anything? If anything, right now in this um, time of shaking, in this, this second woe after the first woe, which is the warning of the, of the Lord to 
um, to see him, to know him, to, to trust him in a way that we haven't before. He's, he's shaken. He's still shaking. He's shaken our church as usual. He's shaken up what we thought was just a no-brainer of our religious freedoms. He's shaken our, sure, we live in a free country and things are, you know, calm. And I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's decency and there's law enforcement and there's, it's always going to be there. He's beginning to shake all these things that we've taken for granted as just being something that we can count on. And the reason for that is to show us that some of us may not have been trusting in him as much as we've been trusting in the security and sameness and sureness of our environment. See, when your environment shakes, you find out what foundation you're standing upon. And some believers are recognizing that they're not actually standing on the foundation of who God is, who they are in Christ. And this is to the believer. This verse is to the believer. They're not even certain of that. And so they find themselves now more anxious and fretting than they've ever been. There are more believers who are getting prescriptions for depression and anxiety as well as other emotional disorders than ever before. It, it is through the roof. An inability to cope without, without a human realm comfort blanket. Call it a pacifier, a blanket. It's just straight out a drug. If you have a problem, the pharmaceutical companies will come up with a drug for it. The worst uh, that breaks my heart is a commercial now that comes on often on the news channel that, that I watch, and it is for um, multiple personality disorder. And everything described in the person depicted, people depicted in the commercial, is all evidence of demonology. But yet, when you deny the truth of the spirit realm, then your answer is going to be a very lacking uh, drug to just kind of cause you to, to be a little bit more out of it, inebriated, comatose, whatever, to really lower your defenses even more so that the thief that comes but to steal, kill, and destroy can just have more entry points to rush in more legions of demons and take over your life. Because if you're not aware and your defenses are down because of the drugs you're taking, then hey, come on in. I don't know the difference. So sad. So sad. The commercial should be a commercial about how to get deliverance in the name and power of Jesus. But there's a shaking going on, and there's more anxiety than ever before. And yet, we possess this beautiful word that Scripture tells us faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God is the written word, the spoken word, all in agreement. Not just faith comes by the scripture that you read. Of course it comes by the scripture that you read. But God's word is spoken in so many ways. There are so many verses, and I'm not even going to go there because that's just time will not permit that. But there, I could give you 15 verses on just hearing God's voice in the word of God that make reference to so many ways his voice is made known to us. 
He speaks in so many different ways. Faith comes by the hearing of his voice, but not just in one form. And there is example after example in all of the people that he gave as characters for us to study in the Word of God to prove that very point. But we've lost this understanding that God is inviting us into this conversational relationship that actually speaks to us. He actually answers when we ask a question in real time. Who knew? But when you don't know that, you're not going to understand this. this these verses will be lost on you. They won't be lost on you in concept, in philosophy, in principle. In fact, um, it might be beneath people. I don't indict anybody's character and spiritual walk. But there are times when these verses that are so well known are kind of like, oh, really? That verse? Okay, really? Been there, done that, taught it, studied it, have the poster, the t-shirt, got it. And it's like no heart readiness to receive anything new. I don't even have to give revelatory commentary and you could get something new just by reading it again. That's how powerful the Word of God is. Just read. Just recite the Word. Speak the Word. Use the Word against the lies of the enemy. And it will give you a new revelation you've never had before. It's so awesome. So, he says, don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition definite requests. So, in every circumstance and in everything, enter into prayer. This exchange. This going before the Lord. You know, when we are in Christ, which we are when we are saved, being in Christ means that everything that we are in is in Christ. You're not out of Christ when you have a difficult time. When you have no knowledge of what in the world is going to happen tomorrow because of the situation you find yourself in today and you have no answers, suddenly, because of what you don't know about your life and your nice little neat plan, doesn't mean you are out of Christ. If you are a believer, your spirit is sealed, as Greg always reminds us in his messages, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Our spirits are sealed. So we are in Christ. Now, as we grow in that beautiful sanctification place, um, God helps us to grow in him even more. But it doesn't mean that we are out of him when we're in a particular circumstance that isn't what we thought. We so often put God in the box of our limitations. And what you don't know is very unsettling. But the reason why never needs to be unsettling is because it's never something God doesn't know. He is in control of all things, knows all things, and aware of all things, and we can trust him for that. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful. But in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests. He loves to hear our desires, our needs, our wants, indefinite requests. Now, the real huge key in this don't fret about anything. Go to him and everything. By the prayer, by the definite request. But with thanksgiving. That's what 
it becomes difficult. Is worship a part of your prayer life? Do you worship when you pray? Or do you worship and then you pray? Worship ought to encompass everything. As I am making my request to the Lord, I am worshiping Him. As I am making petitions, supplications before Him, definite requests, I am thanking Him. You'll see that all throughout the Psalms. Oh man, if you ever want to just just listen to somebody that, that is relating to the struggles in your life, man, turn an audio version of the Psalms on in a great translation. I love the New Living. It's very palatable when I'm listening. And just as you hear the psalmist and David, other there are other psalmists as well, but David in particular, it's just like he had problems. People were coming against him. They didn't understand him. He, he had struggles. And every time he would bring those burdens to the Lord, it was always, but my hope is in you, God. But you are my God. But I, but I give you thanksgiving. It, it was always laced with knowing who God was. Because he knew him. He was trained even before his public ministry. He was trained with the lion and the bear even before Goliath. He knew who God was as a shepherd boy. And the things that he battled and struggled then. That God was there for him. And that if God could deliver him and protect him from defending his sheep as a shepherd there. What a great picture. From the lion and the bear. He surely would take care of the Goliath standing before him. And then the subsequent battles after that when he became king. He was anointed for his calling well before he stepped into it. He was trained. He knew who God was. God has been training us. Do you know him relationally and personally? Oh, to be a fly on the wall, if I would, I don't even like that analogy because I can't stand flies, but to to, to have been able to observe conversations between David and the Lord during his earliest years as a shepherd boy. Just learning and discovering who God was. Learning that God was right there with him. And that that was as relevant in his life, in purpose, as it was when he was king and leading in many victories and many battles in the the great story of his life. That was as significant as the famous David and Goliath moment. Wow, he knew. He knew who God was, but he knew how to give thanksgiving while praying. That's a place of faith. And by the way, if you cannot make your requests known with thanksgiving, you will have anxiety and you will fret. So that's why. Don't fret. Don't have anxiety. And in every circumstance, with that prayer, have thanksgiving. Because that's what you'll have when you don't fret. And that place of worship that beautiful, definite um, ability to thank the Lord before you even see the answer is a faith place that is so pleasing to Him. When you worship in your prayer life, it is an exercise of your faith. Father, I am confident that you will do your will. Even if I'm not certain of the outcome, God, this is the desire of of my heart as much as I can discern in my secret place time with you that this is my request set before you, set, that I set before you. But as Jesus prayed in Gethsemane, but not my will, Lord, yours be done. I would never want to beg you for my will in my limited understanding to ask you for something 
that I don't even understand fully about. And yet I will beg you for something to go my way and not your way when you are God? Do you understand that praying for your will alone is so selfish and prideful? Now, God understands that sometimes we come to him with limited understanding of things, but that's why we have to pray according to his will. We have to pray in a surrendered heart with a worship to him that says, God, I worship you as my God, almighty God. You are God. I am not. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We pray for his will to be done because it will be done so much better. The song that we sing, Defender. So much better your way. You defend. Your ways are higher. They're better. But there are also times when we hear his voice so clearly that we come before him and it might sound to another human like we're praying our will, but we're praying a declarative statement of Father, thank you for revealing your will. And I declare, this will be done. Not because of me. I am declaring in faith that I heard your voice and I know this is your will. And so now I don't need to ask for it. I praise you, I thank you, and I declare your will be done and this is what it is. And he reveals it sometimes, that this will be done. Have you prayed that way? Do you, do you know his voice? Are you hearing him so that you can go boldly? That you can enter boldly before his throne. To know, maybe not always know how, but to know that you will obtain that mercy that he offers. To find that help in your time of need. I love, I love when he tells me, Alexis, this is what I'm going to do. When you pray it, declare it. And, and then he shows me in his word. And when we do that, by the way, it will always be, if it is his voice, it will always be in agreement with his word. He loves when we pray his word. Sometimes you don't know circumstantially exactly what his will is. But you can pray the very word of God over your life. He shows us parallels. He shows us foreshadowings. He, he, he shows us examples of how we can pray. We've known uh, the examples that he's given us of, of this modern day anointed leader that we have in our nation, Donald Trump. He's shown us that he is anointed for this time. That he was anointed to be the leader at this time. And that as much as it doesn't make sense to the nice Christian box that we put the way things are supposed to be in, that's part of the shaking process. That's why he's the president now and not 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or earlier. Because now he needed a wrecking ball of all things to shake up his bride. That in his mercy and grace, he waited patiently for us to look to him, to long for him with everything in us. But we did not. We got complacent. We got hedonistic. We got... Um, seduced into having comforts and pleasure and, and wealth and prosperity and just things just being easy because it's just so hard and I just just need my life. It's just, that's what's important. I mean, I'll go to church, but I mean, I don't know, is it raining? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, how comfortable are the pews? What's the worship team like? I mean, they better be good because, you know, like I've heard it all. I, I mean, really? 
really? <laughs> and perhaps you have to say really to your own life, because maybe you were there. I remember some of the persnickety things that the Lord, in His mercy and in His love, had to slap straight out of my life. Praise Him. Praise Him. And praise Him, by the way, for the slap of a human friend that will be willing to do that in love. Because we need Him. We need Him. So with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Oh, but here's the exchange. This is what you get. And God's peace. This peace. This is the the bewildering part. His peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation. Knowing who God is. Assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God. God, I know who you are. You are a good, good father. You are good. God is good and does only good. He works all things together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. We're so assured of that, that we fear nothing from him. Because whatever we go through, however hard, however painful, however difficult, it's good. That's what we're assured of. So we fear nothing from God. And we're content, the soul that's content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. Whatever sort that is. That is the peace that transcends all human understanding. It transcends above, beyond. It is, it is outside of this realm because it is of God. It is a peace. It's a peace that is like part of our armor that we walk in. The gospel of peace. The shoes of peace. We walk in that assurance of knowing the God that we know. That I may know him, Paul said, and the power of his resurrection. But then also, that I might share in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because when I know him, and I know that he is risen, he is not a dead God. He's not a little fat Buddha that's dead. That I have to hope there's some power coming from it when I rub his belly. Are you kidding me? And I don't mean to belittle that people actually believe in that. They're deeply deceived. But that is a dead God. We serve a risen Savior that is alive and active and available to have a conversation with. That is amazing. That is the peace that we walk in in part of our armor that transcends all understanding. And this is interesting. It shall garrison and mount guard. A garrison, it's used as a noun and as a verb. And it's basically like a setting up of troops as a fortress around a place. If you look at the definition of that word garrison. It's like there are troops set around you in the presence of God and his heavenly host that just is a constant protection. Because the peace of God is a constant protection. You can have anything in wealth, in prosperity, in people that like you, in, in every kind of, every kind of uh, earthly means possible. If you do not have peace, you have just seriously got nothing. There is nothing that will replace the internal peace. You cannot get it 
from an exterior. You can have exterior highs. You can have moments. You can uh, get yourself inebriated. You can smoke your joints into some sort of oblivion. But guess what? You're going to always come back down to the fact that there's something missing inside. Doesn't matter what. People have lived their whole lives chasing and chasing and chasing. Whether it's sexual, drug, musical, career, accomplishments, people liking you, whatever, it'll always circle back down to an emptiness. That's why it never satisfies. And if you want to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust, First Peter 1, you've got to partake of what God gives. Because when you partake of it, when you bring yourself in repentance to him, the exchange is that he gives you peace. He gives you a rest. He gives you this place that transcends all understanding. And it is a garrison, a mount guard around your life that is awesome. It is awesome. This is what is over our hearts and our minds. Because why? We are in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. The thing that hit me with this, this verse, as long as it is in the Amplified, was who lives like that? Like, where's the bride? Where are the people? There are people. But it's a sad few remnant. And the Lord is saying, I need my people purified because this was my purpose. This was my promise for my people. All they had to do is come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden. Did we lose my, my mic here? Yep. We lost it. Hello. Do you need to go to mic? I'll just switch to this. All we need to do is come unto him. Amen. And he promises this exchange. When it is that simple, why do we then not come to him? Why, why is it then something... That we're not eager to come and receive. Well, there's deception, there's a battle, and there's this thing called self, sin, pride. And we all have a choice. For God to have a true love relationship with us, he never violates our will. And that means we always possess a choice. That choice that we possess is something that is continual. We accept him as our Savior as a choice. Then every day with him, we're presented with the darkness of this world. (coughs) And while we cannot lose our salvation because our spirits are sealed, we can lose our abiding growth in sanctification with him. Justified is just as if you never sinned. You are justified. The sanctification is a series of choices that is up to you and how close you're able to get. I can make the choice to marry Greg, stand there and say I do. Legally, it is not broken. I am married to him. But that is only the beginning of an opportunity of a life of closeness. If I never go beyond that commitment and that license tickets of marriage in that covenant bond, if I never go beyond that, I will be a married person, but I will have no marriage relationship. I have to participate in that relationship every day, conversationally and in 
every other way for that to develop. And you know, the more experience I have, not just the conversation, but the actual going through, going through. Greg and I in now 32 years of marriage. The going through of what we've been through has shown me more of who Greg is and it's shown me Greg more of who I am and because it's a flawed human example of who God is in the center of our relationship than we could ever have known without the going through. See, God wants us to know him experientially because every time we make these choices to trust him and to choose him and to believe him and to enter into these things, we find out who he is. And that experience takes us deeper into faith. There has to be an enduring prayer life that we enter into. There has to be an enduring faith that every time we're presented with the opportunity to be in agreement with the enemy and go his way, we choose the Lord and go his way. I, um, I have to trust the Lord in some of these, these situations that, that I'm in and, and really hear his voice. Um, the one thing that he laid on my heart today is to really just highlight this verse. And that's all we're going to do in terms of the verse. We're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to pray. And right now, there are some absolutely enormous things happening in the Spirit. They're so inexpressible. um, And yet, many of us have had, and I don't say just many of us in ignition, that too. Many of us in the remnant, in the bride, have had glimpses in part um, of what the Lord is doing. And when you seek him, you'll find him. When you, when you seek his ways, his kingdom, his heart, you will find that he will reveal to you what you're seeking based on his sovereign plan, and especially if he needs you to participate in a particular prayer or action or otherwise. He will reveal portions to you that are needful for what he's called you to do. So some people, and the reason I say that is because some people have seen a lot more. Because their assignment is going to require them needing to see more. But in, in no matter what it is, you don't have to have these significant visions and revelations to just to know, just by the Holy Spirit's um, stirring in your heart as you read his, his word, that, that, that we are in perilous times, and that, that things are happening, things are moving, and scripture lays it out so beautifully. Um, people have misinterpreted scripture, um, some people think we're actually entering the actual tribulation, we are not, um, this is a foreshadowing though of that, there are perilous times, there are more to come. Uh, Some people are affected in certain pockets of this nation and the world in greater ways than in other places. But no matter what, God is doing massive things. His spirit is about to fall in a way that will show people who he is. However, when I say that, there will still be people that the condition of their heart will reveal what they can see. Some will see so much more of who God is 
and what God is doing because they're looking for it. Others will see none of it because they will not look upon it. That was true in Jesus' time, right? When Jesus healed the leprous man's hand, he pulled it out. It was leprosy. He pulled it out. It was completely healed. Amazing. People looked at it. It was a miracle. Some saw the wonder of God. Some saw Jesus as God in that moment, as the Messiah come to save them, the one they've been waiting for. They believed. They saw. Their eyes were open. Others, it only ignited a passion to unite with other people to come against him and destroy this man who threatened their power. How is that possible? That that miracle could be seen so differently by different people. It was the condition of their heart. So when I say the Spirit's about to fall, and when I say God is doing great things, you have to be in a place of a broken and a contrite heart before the Lord to see what He's actually doing. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It says in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes. We, we talked about those last week. But I want to pray into a couple of things and I'm going to, the two things primarily that I want to pray about, I'm not going to assign to the three people that I spoke of because they will be praying. I'm going to just say to both. They can touch on both and be led of the Holy Spirit as to how it's prayed over. But I want to pray for this nation, for this election, for our president, and the other places in governmental leadership as we are in a war like we've never been in before to take back this nation from the grips and the influence of the enemy. It is interesting to hear the counterfeit narrative coming through enemy voices as to what God wants to do, but yet they speak it from their standpoint. Um, there was a few words put out months ago, and then weeks ago, uh, that the Lord put out very controversial words about a shaking and a turmoil coming and things. And some people received it right away, saw it, understood it. Other people, it was the opportunity to solidify they're already having a suspicion that we were whacked. And it brought them there. Other people, it incited fear that their particular connection with the world of witchcraft was also speaking some of those things. So therefore, it must be completely satanic and demonic since they're speaking of it. That is a classic strategy of the enemy to speak about what God is doing. The demon-possessed girl that followed Paul and Silas. These are the servants of the Most High God. She was demon-possessed and speaking out those words. Did that mean that those were not servants of the Most High God? They most certainly were. But in Satan's counterfeit, he had her start to do that. The only way that you could tell the difference is through the supernatural discerning of spirits. That when Paul discerned through the Holy Spirit the difference between her saying all the right things and all the other people whose hearts were hungry to hear what the servant of the Most High God had to say about the Most High God, he was able to identify it and he cast it out. 
and you know the story. Just because things are said, also, and copied, does not mean that what God is doing is not real, and that what God is saying is not what he's saying. It does need to be searched. We need to be discerning. We need to know that the voice we're hearing is God, and not a demonic voice. But that is what takes the purity of the word of God and the purity of our heart being willing to receive what he has to say. He is doing great things. We're going to pray for our nation. We're also going to pray for this wave of fear and sickness that has come across not just this body of believers, but many across this nation. Especially as it pertains to those who are believers who are allowing the fear of what they're being afflicted with to change their mind about the God that said, don't be anxious or fearful about anything. Because nothing can incite fear more than when you yourself are sick to a deathly sick place or your loved one is in that place. When the threat of loss of life in any form is before you, you find out very quick where your trust is. And is our hope in God? Because there were no conditions in that verse, by the way. There were no more except for, or unless you go through, none of that. It was, do not fret, do not be anxious for anything. In every circumstance, be assured of who God is. Fearing nothing from God, because God is good. No matter what. Can you say that today? That is the testing that the remnant, ignition, and the remnant, and the bride is going through. Will you pass the test? Do you know who you are? Do you have the bold confidence that when we come before the Lord in faith, He will hear us even on behalf of the whole nation? That we can claim nations back by our very prayer. Do we know the power of the word of God, the power to bind, the power to loose, to prohibit, to forbid, and to release of angels? Do you, do you believe the authority that, as Jim prayed on the prayer call last night, that from, from the Gospel of Mark, it's available for all who believe. When you believe, when you know God, when you know his voice, you can confidently and boldly pray. And it is that place of faith that changes things. That's how prayer changes things. So when we believe, all things are possible for those who believe. So I'm going to have us initial, initially, um, I'll give you the order. I'm going to have Wendy pray first and come to the microphone here, please. Then I'm going to have Jeff follow her and then Shannon will just go back to back. And I want to pray again for the fear as it pertains to sickness and also for this nation. And by the way, the fear is also in the nation for many. There are many people that are losing heart and hope in the outcome of this election and what it will mean for a civil war and all the things. They're buying more, again, more toilet paper and more uh, food off the shelves. And there's, there's a new thing of shortages now because of the fear of things that they believe are coming as a result of this election one way or the other. And the Lord is, is, is saying, look, it's time to trust me. It's time to know who I am. It's time to walk in the shoes of the gospel of peace. 
Because that, go ahead, come forward. That is who I am. And we, uh, we have a choice. We can either believe it, or we can go back to barely swallowing the milk of the word. It's time to get on the meat because of our faith. Wendy, come. Father, I pray that you help us, oh God, to, to seek you, 
to seek you, my God, for every thought, my God, that coming to our minds, oh Lord God. That we will verify with you, Lord God, that it's you, my God, that's speaking to us, oh Lord God. So we will know the truth, Lord. As you promised, your Holy Spirit will always give us truth, Lord. And the truth is what's going to set us free, my God, and give us the peace, my God, to live this life for you, Lord God. So I thank you for that tonight, Lord God. Today, Lord God, sorry, I'm calling it every season, Lord God, but I thank you for what you're doing, even Lord God. I praise you for you being the one, Lord God, that we can trust in God. The one that we that we hang our, our very life on today, Lord God, that you will do what you promised to do, God. Because you know it all, Lord God. We don't. We don't, Lord God. God, we're trusting you, God, with the outcome, Lord God. We believe in you for the outcome, Lord God, for what you and you alone can do, Lord God. But help us, O oh Lord. And we will stand, Lord God. We will stand believing, O oh Lord God, in you, Lord God, and the truth that only you have to give, Lord God. So we praise you, Lord God. We worship you, God. We worship you, my God, for, for even the things that's going on in this country, my God, because, Lord, you said, my God, trials come to make us stronger, Lord God. Trials come to give us integrity, my God, and not in, 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 in who we are, because, God, we are flawed, Lord God, in you, Father, in what you have to give to us, Lord God. So I pray, my God, for even the turmoil, my God, in this country and around the world, my God, and in Nigeria right now, God, we pray right now, God, that you'll help us, O oh Lord, to not be afraid, because as we heard in your word today, God, that we don't have to be afraid, my God, when we're standing with you. When you are standing by our side, my God, when you are our Father, Lord God, help us to become little children, my God, and we look up to our Father, my God, when danger is around us, Lord God. That we will see you, my God, as the one, as the protector that you are, God. The one that can protect us, my God, and no matter what comes our way, my God. No matter what fear, my God, and the enemy will try, my God, to, to place in our hearts, my God, with sickness, Lord God, with what's going on in the world, my God, with everything else, Lord God. You are the one that will keep us, my God, in perfect peace, like you said, Lord God. When our mind is stayed on you, Lord God. Help us, my God, to keep our hearts and our minds, Lord God, fixed on you, Lord God, because you are the one that's going to carry us through, Lord God. And you're going to bring, my God, the path what you have already have in, in, in play in store, Father. So I thank you. And I praise you for that this, this today, Lord God. And I worship you, Father. Worship you, my God. Worship you as the King of kings and the Lord of glory, Lord God. There's nothing that's too hard for you, God. There's nothing, O oh Lord God, that we, that we can come up against, God, that you are not able to fix, God. There's nothing, O oh Lord God, in this world, Father, that you did not ever already know of, God, because you said that you are the Alpha and the Maker, you are the beginning and the end, you know it all, Lord God. So we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for who you are today, Lord God. The, the, the all-sufficient one, the one that we place all our trust in, God, the one that we believe in, God, the one that our hope is in, my God, because you're going to bring us to that place, God. God, we will see you. For all that you are, God. So I thank you and I praise you for that today, Lord God. I worship you. Worship your heavenly King today, Lord God. The one that reigns with us, oh Lord God. And I thank you, God, for all that you will do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for truth. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your character and your strength and how personally you love us. Thank you, Father, for prayer. One of my favorite, favorite things of you, your character and the privilege of praying. Father, this is a big, the next ten days are, are very, very big. And I ask, Father, that you would let Christians and the unsaved hear your voice over the next 10 days. Because I believe with all of my heart that you will speak 
to us. You will speak to those that don't even know you on what to do and what actions to take and how to vote and who to talk to and your influence will will go all throughout this nation and uh, this time over the next 10 days. God, I trust you for that. And Father, you say that if we lift our voices to you and we cry out in your name, you will change things. So Father, I pray against those, saved and unsaved, Lord, I pray against those who will miss your will and what you're doing in this nation because of a personality. Father, I pray that the truth would be seen and your voice would be heard despite personalities, Father. Because you're trying to move, you're trying to work, but you work through humans. Still baffles my mind, Lord, that you want to use us and work through us and that you insist on working through us. So it's our choices that matter over these next ten days, Father. And you're going to work through us. So I ask for ears to hear that you would open our hearts and our minds to understand what you're doing. You're doing. Not what it looks like in the physical, but what we're hearing in the unseen realm and through the unseen realm, God. I pray, Father, this afternoon, tonight, for the worship session in the National Mall. I know that John and Lacey just left to go down there. And you're working through these people that are traveling city to city to city up to the election, praying for your will to be done and your voice to be heard. And I thank you, Father, for in this next 10-day period that Amy Coney Barrett will be confirmed. I thank you for the fact that that is a move of you towards truth, towards freedom, and to get babies back. To get babies back and their lives back, Lord. This is just one step towards that, but it is huge. It is huge. And I pray in your name, Father, for everything that that leads up to that final choice and that final decision, God. It is yours. She is yours. This nation is yours. And this process of Supreme Court justices are yours. And we trust you for that this week. We trust you. God, I ask that you would strengthen President Trump. I ask that you would speak to him. Father, we know, we, we say it all the time, we don't know if he knows you personally, and yet we believe he will and can, and it's his choice. And I ask that he hear your voice, that his family hear your voice this week, that all those coming against, and there is going to be a lot of people and darkness coming against you, you, over the next ten days. And I pray the absolute defeat of Satan in this election, Lord. Satan wants to use every possible means to steal, kill, and destroy. To get laws in place that will not allow people to breathe. That will not allow people to be free again. That they be dependent on other forms of darkness. Father, this election is about freedom. And as as Alexis stated very well, Lord... There is no way to categorize our lives into what's spiritual and what's not. Work, church, friendships, family, all separate. It's not possible. We think it is, but it's not possible. Every single decision that we make is spiritual. It is light or darkness. 
And over the next 10 days, you're going to make that highly visible, Father. Because no matter what happens, there will be darkness and there will be light. And it's no longer a choice of standing in the middle of those two decisions. It is one or the other. And there are a lot of people that say, not true, not true. I still stand for truth, but I don't like this. No, there is one choice to be made over the next 10 days. So I ask that you allow us to hear you clearly, God. And to only speak when you tell us to speak. To stand when you tell us to stand. To be quiet when you tell us to be quiet. Even though inside of us there might be a fire that is raging wanting to speak truth and to say truth. But there are times that you're going to ask us to be quiet, God. Because what I have seen and what you have shown me, even over the last couple days, last two weeks really, with, with being sick and just spending more time alone with you, especially in Matthew and Mark, Lord, you know my frustration to the point where I have to lay my Bible down sometimes because I just don't understand how people were so blind they couldn't see what you were trying to do for them. It blows my mind. Hey, let's, let's see if Jesus is going to heal on the Sabbath. Shriveled hand on the man. Jesus says, hey, come out and stand in front of everybody. Heals his shriveled hand knows what the Pharisees and the Sadducees are thinking, and it enrages him. The Bible says he was, he was angered towards the fact that they were concerned about him healing in the temple on the Sabbath. Like, what other reason is there to be in the temple on the Sabbath? Father, I don't understand how they missed it. And then he looks at him and says, so we're talking about doing evil or good? On the Sabbath, in the temple? Like, I honestly believe, Father, that he, that your son had to step into a boat just to cool his jets, to get away from all these people that just didn't get it. And yet he loved them so fully. And Jesus, I, I love how you love fully, despite people spitting in your face. You're like, no, 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 I'm here for you. And they don't understand it. God, people are so blinded right now. And the truth doesn't matter to them anymore. So, Father, I ask that those that can still hear truth would hear it this, these ten days. That you would shut the mouths and the votes of those that can't hear it any longer. And that truth would reign. You would have the victory. And we would be able to shout your name from the rooftops, Father. That's my prayer. Your will be done. Whatever it looks like, I trust you fully. But we ask for your will and your plans to be done. And Lord, that includes bringing Michael and Greg home. That includes Colin coming home from the hospital, Lord. That includes all those that are still being affected by this ridiculous, ridiculous virus that, the, that, the, that Satan brought in to this world for this time for fear and to change the scope of your plans. That was his purpose of bringing all this in. And fear, it, it just makes people stand and do nothing. And you love that. I mean, save you love that. And we hate it. We hate you for trying to take us out of the love and the joy and the peace and the rest of Jesus Christ. And you will not win. You will not win. You will not win. The book says it. My father said it, you will not win. 
And I thank you for that truth. And I thank you for that. Father, I, I believe in your healing. You know, that's a, it's, just a, it's just a burden in me all the time. And I've missed praying for people. But God, I know that you win. And I know that you heal. And I know that the timing of it, we never understand. We just don't. I want it immediate, Lord. Every time I pray for somebody, my expectancy is immediate. But I I trust you and what you're doing. So I pray that you would continue to heal this body, this family, this church. I pray that you would continue to heal those that don't quite understand what's going on and can't understand why this virus is still out and affecting people in their minds, God. So, Lord, give us truth. Give us the specific words to say this week. And we trust you with everything. Everything that we will see. And I believe much of it will be shocking. Much of it will be surprising. But, Father, help us to know that no matter what we see, what we feel, and what we hear, you have it all. And we can rest and be at peace, trusting you fully. And we do. We just declare it. We trust you. Ignition, trust you no matter what it looks like over these next two weeks. And I lift all this up to you, believing it with all of my heart. And thank you for who you are. Thank you for the privilege of being your kid. Thank you for being the ultimate dad. In your precious name. Father, I just thank you and I bless your name. I lift up the name of Jesus. Father, I praise you and I thank you, God, for who you are. God, I thank you and esteem you above any other God, above any other idol. Nothing else is more important than you, Father. And Lord, I just want to thank you, God, for who you are. I want to thank you that you are good and that you do only good. And Father, the process that you have allowed your bride to go through the process that you have allowed the U.S. to go through and much of the world. Father, we are not outside of your sovereignty. We are in the center of your hand. And nothing and no one will remove us from that place. And so, Lord, whatever is required to produce the gold that you desire in our faith, let it be done. Father, we know, just as been, has been prayed, Father, that the, the healing... And the change is imminent. Father, that the things that you have declared will come to pass. And it is only a short while that we will suffer before we see your glory. And before we share in all of the things that you have promised. So, Father, we will endure and we will continue to believe and trust in you. And we won't be shaken or moved. Neither will we be intimidated or fearful But arm in arm, linked together, we will stand against our enemy and declare that you are God and that you are our salvation. And our unity in your power will strike fear into his heart and remind him that his destruction is sure and our salvation imminent. And so, Lord, we continue to trust you. And nothing that we see or have experienced will change or dissuade us. But God, we will always be continually, continually encouraged because of your Holy Spirit. We will be continually encouraged and sure-footed because of relationship with you. And nothing, nothing that the enemy does, nothing that he says to us, no lies or deceit, no narrative that he creates, 
will be able to move us from the place that you have positioned us. So, Lord, whatever is required to bring the rest of the bride along into a place of choice and sure-footedness, as Jeff prayed, no longer being able to decide a middle ground, but saying yes or nay. Father, whatever is required for that purity of faith to come forth, let it be done. Father, each of us, I believe so strongly that everyone in Ignition, every part of your remnant is in a place where we are not afraid of what is required to produce that faith. So whatever you need, Father, whatever difficulty or persecution, we will not be fearful because you are with us the entire time. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You are a help in times of trouble. We can call on you at any time, at any moment, and you are there. And your promises are yes and amen. Your words are truth and life. And we hold on to every word you say, because it is not by bread that we live, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth gives us life. And so, God, we just trust you, and we submit to your will. Father, we continue to pray against everything that, this, that Satan has tried to do. Father, we know that he is an insect in your sight, that he is nothing, and that all of his plans are foolish, foolish strategies compared to what you are doing. You are hundreds of thousands of steps ahead of him, Father, and we know it. We know it well, how stupid and unwise he is. How his pride will come before his fall. And Lord, we will be there as will you on the day when he finally falls and is thrown from the courts of heaven, Lord. And I look forward to that day when his time grows short and when he will ultimately be thrown into a lake of fire and destroyed forever. And Father, your name, the supremacy of your son, Jesus Christ, will be worshipped forever. For all of eternity, God, you and you alone are God. Your name be praised forever. Your name be praised forever, Lord. We praise you and we worship you. And we say yes to your plan. In Jesus' name.